with cryptocurrency and and technology as it's evolved to at this point, we could almost evolve our economy to a system where um, tiny little computers are basically our currency, our coin. The algorithm would not necessarily know what's actually going on. It's only going to be able to look at numbers. Um, yeah. and, and that might That's a be good a thing. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Not if you're a, a company that manufactures things. You need to be able to see, like, to highlight how much greed plays a factor in our economics. Well, it, no, absolutely. You're actually, you hit the nail on the head. That is spot on. Um, but it's greed bidirectionally. Greed from the consumer and greed from the, the supplier. Like, both sides fight each other. The, like, that, that is the dynamic that makes the price become what it is. Another beer with the guys from Kitchen Sink Microscopy. I am Casey Rochfords, and uh, we would really enjoy it if you'd crack open a beer with us, hit the like button, and hit the subscribe button, and then share that shit with other people so that they can crack a beer and enlighten themselves with the philosophical drunken ramblings of kitchen sink microscopy <laughs> oh yeah and uh i'm uh eric rosenblatt the uh guy that really loves space dust um <laughs> you know if uh you'd like to sponsor us that would be that'd be great um <laughs> yeah if you could do that by sunday that'd be great and have to have you come in on Sunday. Uh, I mean, hey, even just giving us some free beer, that would be nice. Um, although Casey probably wouldn't go for it because they do a lot of IPAs. Everybody um, does a lot of IPAs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You did a minute microscopy about that. So anyway, uh, yeah, we, uh, Casey and I, we write our own music. It's available out there. Uh, all kinds of music gathering, collecting, and listening to sorts of places like iTunes and Spotify and stuff. Um, maybe even Patreon. I, I don't remember. Um, but uh, it's actually a really good beer. Hmm. I was thinking I, we should start doing a minute my cross be here and there where we could just like try a new beer. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's not what we're going to talk about. No, tonight. no. We, we've probably already had too much beer now as it is. Um, <laughs> drinking out of my uh, KSM glass, which uh, hey. I can't really quite. I don't want to spill, but. Um, so am I. It just yeah. so happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so uh, let's see. So uh, hey, I was gonna say um, about the music before we get too into oh. beer and into microscopies and stuff. Um, yeah, we write our own music. Uh, so stick around to the end of the show. There's gonna be a timestamp, probably somewhere around in this general vicinity, um, and it'll be a new song uh, for now until we run out of songs. I mean, we've been doing this for four years, uh, once a week. So there will come a time where we're going to run out of songs, but right now we haven't run out of songs. So yeah, I'm, new song. I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to put out at least a song a week. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you know, writing new material and stuff, uh, stay ahead of the game and all that. But, but, uh, yeah, we also do an episode every week. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you're necessarily ahead of the game at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can also check out our website. Uh, it's uh, ksmvidcast.com. Um, you know, it's kind of where we put all our stuff. And if this channel ever goes dark, that's where you can find out about what the hell's going on. Uh, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Was that a racial statement? <laughs> no, it was like if the lights go out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, already demonetized demonetized new record yeah. <laughs> yellow dollar sign <laughs> um so so casey uh you know before we get too plastered uh <laughs> what do you want to talk about today well that ship sailed uh <laughs> you um, almost made me spit beer on the keyboard <laughs> that i bought to replace the keyboard that i spilled beer on and destroyed Whew, that was a close one yeah <laughs> well i got to thinking about a, a new way of looking at economy maybe maybe a way that could possibly reduce if not eliminate inflation and uh greed and money hoarding and things like that and like i i just thought it would be kind of interesting to like flesh out the philosophy behind um human psychology and economics and find a better way to like blend the two okay yeah so i mean one respects the other but I, still you know like i exist. <laughs> Well, I, you know, do enjoy a bit of studying economics and, and, and stuff and pondering ideas. Uh, so, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't actually study economics. I just have like a lot of deep philosophical uh, inspections of how they work. You know, it's, it's all like what I observe and and why i think it's happening and what i think is going on under the surface perhaps well yeah i mean observation is uh <laughs> something that um sadly a lot of economists don't do very yeah. often <laughs> um so that that is the first hurdle overcome uh, yeah <laughs> so why, why don't you uh illuminate us as to your uh idea maybe maybe just start big yeah. picture like in a well, nutshell yeah big picture is i i think it 
all began when I started thinking of how um, economy or economics, I'll say, is a religion. You know, like I started to look at it. I was like, oh, I want to read up on like the data for, you know, a particular economical phenomenon that has been given a name. Like, oh, there must be some kind of like proof that this is a thing that is observable and, and testable and repeatable and scientific things, things like that. I couldn't find any like, like, and, and I was like, what? this really is just like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? A, a Mickey mouse operation. <laughs> you know, the, the whole idea of economics is like, we tell ourselves from the ancient texts of yore that it has to be done a certain way mm. and economics cannot exist any other way, but it's like, well, yeah, it could because I mean, when you break it down, it's just an exchange of things. Yeah. Like, like there doesn't have to be hard and fast rules about like what the things that are exchanged are worth. Um, you know, uh, whether or not the supply of them actually matters or just is nice to have, you know, like all, all these things that we just take for granted, like how real are they? Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like relationships. Uh, the idea that there are rules doesn't really make sense because each individual sort of crafts their own worldview and their own rules about what they want and, and things like that. Um, so the idea that there's one ring to bind them all or whatever, you know, like <laughs> I, I think that's kind of nonsense and yeah, I, like, okay. I, I see what you're getting at uh, with the parallels between economics and religion um, and as we talked about in the last lightning round that we did, um, I would add in politics is also uh, religious as well. Yeah. Um, but, and, and here's one of the things it's like, well, it, 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 it's the, the, the problem is that there is no one sort of in science, if you're analyzing something or you're dealing with engineering, there's, engineering principles which are generally known and understood by all but with economics there's well, engineering principles are beholden to physics well, exactly things like that but, but with, with economics it, it's sort of like well there's these group of people that, or these people in this group who think things work this way and there's a totally different group over here that thinks things work totally differently and like the why and the mechanics of everything and everybody sort of has their own disparate schools of thought that don't necessarily align. I mean, maybe here and there they align, but they argue all the time. And that does, that is a lot like religions. I mean, think about it. Religions do <laughs> the same thing. It's like, Hey, this is how we are. This is why we're here. Uh, that kind of thing. And, oh, it's my God. No, no, it's my God. And you're a heretic now, that kind of thing. Like that does happen 
in economics. Although I think it's a little bit different um, because, well, it is, it's akin to psychology. Um, in fact, psychology yeah. is at the heart of economics. It's human psychology, but also in the study of psychology, there's a lot of different schools of thought about how things work and, but because it's like, well, it's the human brain. It's super complex and we don't really understand all of it. Um, so well, people sort of like put, the, they, they mush things into a ball of their own belief system about how it works. And it's like, well, it, uh, maybe, uh, I, you know, just like religions, maybe you could be right, but where's the evidence? You, you have to be able to make predictions and, um, and things like that. It's, it's more than just simply explaining why things happen. Yeah. Before we get too far, I wanted to continue down my thought path to, to what I actually wanted sorry, to, sorry. to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, you get me I, going on this. Uh, I start. I started thinking, you know, with cryptocurrency and and technology as it's evolved to at this point, we could almost evolve our economy to a system where. Um, tiny little computers are basically our currency, our coin. And they are, you know, written with algorithms that, you know, like, I mean, we, we probably even have technology that makes it so that if you tweak with the algorithm, the whole thing will just like be dysfunctional. So like, it, it would be like, there's no way to hack these and make them, you know, like, uh, counterfeit essentially but effectively this little algorithm senses how much it's being used in transactions in the economy actually driving the economy and increases its value by just a little bit with, hmm. with each transaction so that the coins floating around are of value um, and it's almost like collecting cards, like, you know, like baseball cards or Pokemon or whatever. There's some rare ones that you're going to get every now and then that'll be like worth a lot, but it's totally random if you're going to get that. And then at some point you're probably going to spend it and it's going to keep driving up in value because the longer you sit on it, the algorithm goes the other way. And there you have your flow, your supply and demand is based on the currency, not on the products. Nobody sets prices. It's actually driven by the market. Like you could build an economy around money floating around that is in constant flux in their value. But I, I, I know technically we have that now with like exchange rates and stuff and yeah. all these market things that people are looking at, but it's like, turn that shit into an algorithm. Like, have a robot take over all those jobs on wall street. <laughs> well, the, 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 you know, and I, I would have some questions about your proposed mechanics of how this would work. Um, I mean, the people on wall street, they're not deciding prices. It's kind of like a bidding war in essence. I'm not uh, saying they are, but you know, like point of sale decides, 
you know, everyone looks at gas prices and they're like, well, that's what supply and demand does. And it's like bullshit. Like we, we cut off like at most 8% of our oil supply and it went up like 60%. That doesn't translate, you know? <laughs> well, there's a lot more going on than just that. Well, uh, yeah, of course there is, but and, like and that's, everyone that's, points to supply and demand. Well, I, I could see a system like that presenting a few issues because the algorithm would not necessarily know what's actually going on. It's only going to be able to look at numbers. Um, yeah. And, and that might That's a be good a thing. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Not if you're a, a company that manufactures things, you know, and suddenly there's a shortage of steel and you can't make the, or actually shortage of uh, chips. Like is going on now. Cars are getting expensive because of that, because there's not a lot of chips uh, being made. Well, there's a shortage. There's a lot being made. It's just they're not widely available. So the price goes up to reflect that because, well, I mean, if if the price didn't do that, then they just run out and there'd be no cars to have at all. Like, okay, well, you bought the last car for $12,000 and now there's no more new cars. So there you like, go. You see like you, you got to think outside that box of how things have always been because well, no, I'm thinking about how things like, uh, I, I'm not looking at it from like a doctrinal standpoint. I'm looking at it from an observational standpoint, but okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So it, like, it's not just the, the, coins that you know change in value it it could also like feed back into a cloud sort of um i don't know like melting pot of of the whole forest of algorithms that are coming in like and basically tell you in in kind of a plug it into the cloud and see what it spits out today sort of sense. Like how much is this worth today? Like you would still have prices of things being affected by their physical ability to provide a thing or a service or whatever, but it, it, it would actually fluctuate. Like right now people drive the price of gas up and then it never really comes down b below a little bit of a, wavering set point but it's nowhere near the original set point even though it could be theoretically yeah well and that is i mean, I mean like I, yes i know there's a lot of things that go into play but you need to be able to see like to highlight how much greed plays a factor in our economics well it, no it absolutely you're actually you hit the nail on the head that is spot on um but it's greed bi-directionally greed from the consumer and greed from the the supplier like both sides fight each other that like that that is the dynamic that makes the price become what it is like me as a manufacturer i want to make the shittiest cheapest possible thing that i can sell for the most money and you as the consumer want the best possible thing for the least amount of money uh, and and, oh, and oh. somewhere in the middle that we meet, it, it, that's where so, those curves come together. So that's that's another weakness I'd never thought of in in the current system. And uh, like a smart coin 
would have a way around that because like it would almost be based on um you know ebay uh feedback you know it's like if you want to build a cheap ass product that's going to break people are going to be like well i'm not gonna i don't really want to buy that and like you know the algorithm will say hey your shit may cost nothing to make but now it's worth nothing either so you know like it it would it would almost like it's it's a yin yang sort of flow to it it's not a top-down solution and it's not a bottom-up solution it's a it's a complete like intertwining of the two i do i do find what you're talking about interesting but like I guess something that is... Oh, I know it could never com- happen. But. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. You're right. You're never going to change because humans. the economy. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> politics and government. Make a good sci-fi stuff. book or something. But, no, yeah, in fact, that's actually a good way to tell that story, to, to, to like write a book about it. And, and that, that actually has a lot more influence than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. But something that... that I'm thinking about if you have a dynamic, let's just call it the coin, right? Like whatever it is, um, currency or something. Um, so if the currency adjusts, it's like, I, I don't know how you would adjust a value because value is subjective, but let's say it did. Um, and, and the, the, the currency just changed proportion as things fluctuated, well, if it's the universal currency, if everybody's exchanging it for anything, so let's say, well, like with gas prices right now, gas is really expensive. So you want to adjust that down so it's less expensive. Well, now everything is adjusted because the coin is changing its its numerical value. Um, so. I mean, it's all or nothing in that regard. But, but it is still based on value, subjectivity, supply, demand, supply and demand. I mean, it, effectively, if if you believe that supply and demand does actually drive like point, you know, base point of how much something is sold for on, you know, the market determines or whatever. Um, if you actually think that's a thing that would still occur with with currency that is constantly in the black you know like you know this for that sort of flow I don't so, know so you're talking that. like um like a end point price fluctuation or a currency fluctuation like the well, the price tags so so you you have a, a set value uh of of currency right like it's a it's a known constant um but then this system dictates the price tags on the shelves in the stores or does it internally change its proportion to reflect some sort of external forces like high oil prices you want to compensate for that so you make uh, like less or more you know like whatever to to compensate for that yes Uh, okay so there's a lot going on there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um uh as far as like oil prices are really high like you got to think in in a situation like that there's not really going to be 
these spikes like not very often anyway like unless there's like some actual catastrophe where like there's a chemical in our atmosphere that now makes all oil inert to what we normally use it for we can't use it anymore you know like or, something like that but or it's like <laughs> shall we play a game and there's global thermal nuclear war and all the oil <laughs> refineries are nuked um and then it becomes like mad max where the gas is like the most valuable thing because nobody can get it um i i could see that happening but i mean i'm just thinking like the the question is are are you talking about a system that controls the seller's price tag that they put on the thing or a system yep. that controls the supply of exchange medium uh the the coin well okay so like we're going about it pretty haphazard i i suppose i didn't explain like all of it um I was thinking that there would be some kind of, as far as like physical coins go, kind of tie it to, you know, maybe even just like a a baseline of, you know, your country's population or something with like a a certain amount per person that goes into circulation. Yeah. Um, And then you can adjust that. That's actually an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, you could adjust that as things ebb and flow, but like if you just, did it as kind of a a pretty close average there's going to be more than enough currency going around so um basically you have a physical set of coins for a fiscal decade however long you want some time period yeah and each of those like we'll have you know i don't know like a little solar powered display you know like we we could do that with calculators in the 70s so i think we get, could... i when when you initially said it i was thinking of like isolinear chips from star trek something <laughs> yeah. like that me too yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah like a little little processor in there and some nvram <laughs> and stuff and i mean basically and there's actually like nuclear batteries that are on the horizon too that could run for like hundreds of years so Oh, what wow. you're talking about is not infeasible like it yeah it's actually just about here um that would be pretty cool i mean yeah. like smart money mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it it almost takes i feel like it would almost take the greed out of economics enough to let us allow humanity back in you know because you know crime and stuff like that it's all born out of need and need is based on how much money you have sadly well i'd say crime it's more complex than that of course um, it's more complex need. everything think, we talk about is more complex. well that's true and, like, and i mean you know I, I find it really entertaining like this conversation <laughs> with how much beer we've had and will have <laughs> um that the trying to wrap our heads around these very very complex topics that you know people with phds uh struggle to understand uh so yeah. you know we'll do it in, in, in a, an hour or so um <laughs> I, so i mean like i, I get the the motivation 
but the implementation is the thing that I'm not sure. Well, it it might be possible. Okay, if you put like a machine learning system, some kind of AI to the task of like, hey, solve this problem, it might be able to. Um, but I don't think humans could. And in fact, what you're talking about, uh, selfishness and greed and things will always be injected into a system like that. So when you put humans to the task of developing a solution for something like that, they're going to, they're going to change it to, to, to serve their yeah. own needs. So it, I and just, also I, humans don't know. I, I guess I'm Gene Roddenberry in that aspect that I'm like really optimistic that if we had something that awesome it would actually like people would just go with it i mean like eh, there'd be no way to regulate it like i mean somebody obviously has to like you know adjust it with the census or whatever like there's got to be like minimal regulation but as far as the actual like value or amount of currency like there's just strict hard fast rules fucking written in the constitution i don't know like well no (laughs) you're right why 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 shouldn't we adjust our constitution with technology because from henceforth that's how we're going to be living our lives fuck what the founding fathers wanted they couldn't have foreseen what we have now you know no but then again they didn't write the constitution about tech they wrote it about humans and humans haven't really changed all that much in that time based on based on the tech um tell I'm me talking like about if, psychology not no no, no, no. if if okay. you and i from the 1980s jumped into a delorean and wound up here and watched everyone you know like walking around like this would be like is everyone in a fucking trance what's going on like human behavior has changed as a result of technology well it, and psychology it, it has to some extent, but like the core of what drives people is still the same. Um, really not that different. And that the same, but it's like we've nurtured certain aspects of that humanity. I refuse to believe that there's no way to reverse that. Well, no, I, I agree. But have we done it for better or for worse too? Like, are we better off now or are we Maybe I would argue off. no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're better off. I mean, it's always best to assume you could be better. <laughs> True. Uh, and I guess that, again, that's subjective. The, the, like, what is better? I mean, it depends on what you want in life, right? Like me, I just want to live free and live on the sea. Uh, you, you might want something different. And so, yeah, I mean, better is subjective. Um. But like, so, well, okay. So imagine like you're, I I wanted to get into this earlier because you mentioned something about value. mm -hmm. Um, You and I like red dwarf, not a whole lot of people like red dwarf. So now if we want to buy red dwarf paraphernalia, you know, like DVDs or toys or whatever, like they're going to be pretty fucking affordable. Let's face it. You know, like, what you value um whether or not it's like more popular or less popular 
is going to like help build the economy and help build boost happiness you know for like people who like things out on the fringe they're actually going to have like the ability to really like immerse themselves in what they love you know like there's because there's not a whole lot of red dwarf um attention you know it's kind of ignored on on a, a commercial level too yeah except for that weird ill-fated u.s version of red dwarf <laughs> oh my god well you're kind of making the argument for supply and demand there uh, i mean yes but at, from the perspective of the currency itself well sure but like the for instance the mana machine books that we have you have the uber expensive one because there's very few of them and well people are willing to pay a lot to get it like you know but then you go and look at some kind of romance novel and well they're throwing them away because nobody wants them and there's tons of them like it, i don't know i i guess uh too much beer um <laughs> i i guess i can just see it working the exact same way the same frequency the same wavelength of, of effects would be happening in the economy it's just the source would be different like the the source of of where that number value that applies so perfectly with our psychology you know like where that lands it's it's still a number that lands somewhere you know, okay it's just so not it's it's not coming from the product it's coming from the purchase it's 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 like well you might say like like with gas well you might say it's a supply and demand thing like oh we're running out of oil or whatever but people kind of know that's bullshit but they pay it anyway but it's like the actual the actual demand for gas isn't changing people drive to work every day like clockwork you know like their consumption is not drastically changing when these prices skyrocket for that, that would be the like demand this. versus the supply i guess yeah uh, and now granted there are some other factors with gas that might be a bad example like you um, keep saying other factors as if there's like something that you want to blame more than greed <laughs> so what is it exactly well it, it it's that it's a very complex system there's a lot of pieces moving pieces that form the picture of price name um, one uh <laughs> region transportation manufacturing uh materials labor like there's i mean I, I could go on and on but there's like a ton of different factors that go into like creating a thing r d uh, investment uh loans like your building i mean it, it's sure but like, each one of those in itself is is point a to b where an economic exchange is happening yeah. and the same exact 
the same exact flow through the whole system what? is going to affect those interactions in the same way. The, those economic exchanges are no different than barter. Like, I have a thing, and I want to get rid of it, right? I, I'd like to trade it for something. Uh, you know, like, in fact, a good example, um, they're the, the Supra that I have. Um, the guy I bought it from, he wanted to buy a drum set. And so I knocked on his door and I was like, hey, that Supra I've been seeing in your driveway, he's selling it. And he's like, nah, 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 not selling it. Then like a couple weeks later, came by and knocked on his door, asked him the same question. And he's like, well, you know, my girlfriend is kind of like annoyed that I have this thing in the driveway and I kind of want a drum set. So maybe, and so it was kind of like the price that he sold it to me for was the cost of the drum set. Um, so we, it was kind of like barter. Like, yeah. oh, well, I would like, I that's want a good, to get this. That's a good description of that. That's a good description of how both of, you know, the, the old ways and the new ways would actually work. It's just with a different tool. Well, so if you have something that changes um, some, I don't know how you would change intrinsic value, but let's say you could. Um, if you had something that did that, um, if I wanted that Supra from that guy um, and I had so many uh coin the coin uh isolinear chips um and and wanted to exchange it how would the system know what it was i was selling and he was buying that what we were trading for because then if if the system automatically adjusts based on some force um so uh, I see where you're going. You're you're saying like if there's no like point of sale scanning for a particular transaction, well, no, then, but, then it kind of can't really feed in all well, the data that it needs, right? Well, my, it, kinda. Uh, but my, my my point is like, I mean, uh, it overall, no, everything everybody's buying everywhere all the time. Um, because if I gave him the 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 coins in exchange for the supra and he went to buy the the drum set but there was some kind of oil crisis that suddenly changed things and now all of a sudden the coins are worth less for exchange now he can't buy the drum set because they're they're like dynamically adjusting to all transactions everywhere that, but that, okay that's my so you you say intrinsic value and God, I hope I can get this out of my head. To make <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. No, no, no hurry. <laughs> I mean, no this rest. is this is weird territory we're treading upon. Yeah, uh, a new way of doing the economy. Like, so, okay, so if you want to assign some kind of outward value to something, like you're selling it, um, and not just like a one-off exchange, mm -hmm. right? Like you want a price point to appear for it, well, then you're going to have to like upload it to the cloud in some way, whether it's automatic or you do the books or whatever. 
But if it's just two people exchanging things, you have a coin that says, hey, this is how many, like, whatever's, whatever the unit is. This mm-hmm. is how much this coin is worth. What about this for that? You know, like, that's all that is. Wait, and then, wait, wait. And then it, it counts that as an exchange. Uh, I, ha- I have an idea, like, and, and I'm skeptical of your plan, but <laughs> I have an idea of how you could do this. It would be like the barter system. So as a chicken farmer, you're like, hey, I want a tractor. I have a lot of chickens. Um, so I want to sell 40 chickens for a tractor. And the system will figure out how to make that happen automatically, yeah. if it's even possible. Um, so so the, the, the dynamic adjustment isn't in the value of the coin. It's in the exchange of one good for another at the time of sale. Exactly. Like, that's why I was saying in the, in the beginning, like, all this stuff we've been talking about is just uh, like spitballing ideas as you throw things at me. But um, initially, <laughs> I w- initially, I was thinking it just be that simple. Like every time there's an exchange, you know, that coin goes up in, in intrinsic value, I guess, let's say. Uh, by a certain amount for a certain amount of time until the next, you know, time that it is used in an exchange. And then that particular coin becomes worth more and more. Whatever something is worth has nothing to do with how much these coins are fluctuating. It's just, you divide them by however much, you know, like tap it on the item and it subtracts the 732 matchsticks or whatever, you know, (laughs) Um, well, I could see a bit of a problem happening there if you have, um, I guess I'll call them special coins, like coins that were exchanged when the market was at a particular state um, where, you know, say 40 chickens could buy you a tractor. Well, those are a lot more valuable than, say, a 100 years down the road when, you know, John Deere builds their like cyberspace tractor and it takes like a thousand chickens to get them. But your, your coins that you acquired during that time can still buy a tractor th- that you paid 40 chickens for. So those would be super valuable. So it's like I could see the same kind of problems happening. Who's eating uh, this chicken? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I was, is, I was trying a, to hang on there, but I think I fell off the wagon toward the end there. Uh, um, it's okay. Like, this is a really <laughs> fun thought experiment. And it and is. really, I, I, I don't think most people have, actually, I don't think anybody's ever had a conversation like this before. Um, Seriously. Like, I mean, it's talking about like, changing the entirety of a facet of human psychology like redirecting the river (laughs) which i don't know that you can it's kind of like prohibition i mean certain things would still happen you know certain things would come about um you know like things of rarity might become like not that cool like maybe we just don't give a shit that it's rare you know maybe we're like oh well that thing's running out i guess 
we should look for a new thing to really enjoy, which we do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it. <laughs> That's what well, a trend yeah. is. <laughs> it, true. It, I would also throw in a little bit of a curveball. How about regional differences? Now, what do you mean by that? Well, um, so for instance, regional as in like, oh, I don't need parkas because I live in the desert or well, that and also getting something from one place to another. Uh, the, the, you ever seen a, the Alaskan road trucker series on what, what is yeah, it? Yeah. Discovery. Like they get paid a lot of money to bring really like everyday goods. Yeah. To the middle of nowhere. Uh, and also like Vashon uh, in, here in Washington, Vashon Island, gas is like a dollar more a gallon because, well, you have to take a ferry to take your truck with gas to the gas station to fill the tanks. Yeah. So that costs something, you know, whether costs resources and time. So that is reflected in the price. I don't um, think that would change. Well, I mean, it, sure it, would, it would because it, the coins would be exchangeable no matter where you went. Yeah, I mean, it would be a little bit more like mathematical in that, you know, like, oh, this point of sale, you know, of this thing has fewer transactions. You know, it's it's either in lower demand or or harder get to ability i don't know i can't think of the word <laughs> accessibility yeah, yeah accessibility <laughs> there, there you go get to ability. <laughs> um, oh, man. there might actually be like i i can't think of it right now because beer but yeah. there might actually be a way to like mathematically tell the difference transactionally whether or not something is based on like whether people want it or whether it's hard to come by mm-hmm because I, I, I'm sure there are psychological, minute differences in buying patterns there. It, because, you know, like, like yeah. I said um, earlier, whether or not something is scarce, the demand isn't actually changing. Just the amount of the demand that will actually be lucky enough to get the supply is. Well, so the, that the supply like, and demand... Are not, you might think it's you might think it's two sides of the same coin, and it is. But like that's how it would work. Like if you're flipping over to the other side of the coin, whether you're pricing the item or letting the coin price the economy, it's still following the same path. Kinda. I mean, supply and demand are intertwined in the way that the the recent toilet paper panic happened yeah right like that's a good example of the two being linked um yeah but and i think i think everybody our, our, understands the basics of supply and demand sure, like sure but but our like interest in the mana machine and that like super rare book that like nobody wants um being really expensive that's kind of the unlinked uh, version of that where uh, there's not really a lot of demand but there's also not really a lot of supply either and and yeah. no one's like oh my god we're about to run out of the mana machine book 
I better but, go but, out and buy one. You know, that, that doesn't happen. It's just that there's so few people selling them and there's so, so few people buying them. So the people who are buying them are willing to pay a premium for something that, well, they couldn't otherwise have. Like you can't just pop on down to your local bookstore if there is such a thing anymore and buy the Mana Machine books. So when you yeah. find them, well, it's like, eh, this is the last chance I could probably, you know, like, and, and, you know, the, the readout, you know, when you plug that into the cloud to say like, what should this be worth based on transactions, it's going to tell you, like, it's going to be worth 2000 matchsticks or whatever, you know, <laughs> it, mm -hmm. that'll still happen. But before I forget something, you said, shit, I might've forgot. Fuck. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, yes. So uh, the, the simplicity of supply and demand, uh, this is a, just a little thought experiment. Um, there's one apple. You and I both want the apple. Mm -hmm. what, what do you suggest we do? Well, it depends on whether we're warfaring or Don't not. get overly complicated. I, like, I, it's just you and me. Like, what do you do? Okay. One oh, apple. I see. Uh, well, we would, <laughs> we would probably discuss um some kind of something like hey i want that apple that that'd be i would tell you right and then i'd say yeah i want that apple i'm trying to get at like you would say let's split it. <laughs> yeah but like, let's like, say, let's, let's let's say it's indivisible not, not, i don't want to go through the weeds too much i'm just trying to say like we would fucking split an apple right we would you and yeah. i would totally do that but let's like, say it's we're not we're not going to argue about who needs it more who wants it no, more. we're not no, going to no. be like let's cut it 70 30. yeah we, we only we only get into that when we but, but what for if some it's reason something... ascribe like a coin to something and then a, a value and well and, the coin like, number terms it, the coin is basically just a more advanced form of barter um yeah 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 ultimately I'm, I'm i'm saying the tie to a number yeah you know like everything is barter we just mm -hmm. tie everything to a number for some reason so that we can quantify it well, well that is the reason yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is which is silly like but i don't know do if it, it's silly it, because it it allows you it allows people who have different products and services and different needs of products and services to be able yeah. to exchange why it's silly. It's silly because it creates little pockets, actually big pockets of people that can't get things they want because they don't have the means to like, well, okay, uh, let, that's, would, that's would the that, part of supply and demand. Hang on. That's the, the part of supply and demand that applies to like humans themselves. And, and, value itself and and that's i don't know inherently unfair like uh, i agree everyone uh, should really have access to like life liberty happiness uh, and the happiness is the thing that like we really don't focus on i i agree but would the issues you're talking about be eliminated if we took the numbers out if it was just purely barter would those things just be a thing of the past or would it still exist no. No, and that's why I'm not taking the numbers out. I'm just putting the power of the numbers in the economy itself. Like, okay, worth is following the trend of what's in demand, basically. Like, 
in that region, you're going to see the flow of more worthy coins. Like our, our entire psychology will change. Like maybe we won't have like a favorite bar. It'll be like, where's the cool bar this, this week or whatever. And you'd gravitate toward that. Like it would entirely change our psychology, but like, I think it might be just slightly for the better because I feel like your chance of like being rich at some point, you know, like able to basically go buy some things that you really love that might be rare or whatever, like that's random effectively. Like, in yeah. fact, your, your odds increase the more you contribute to the economy. Yeah. If, if you think you, about it, so you're like correct about that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it would actually random. like, it would get economy flowing and you can have, you can entirely have, things on the black market be part of that economy yeah and i don't know that that like directly contribute i I don't know that fair tax only it's fair economy (laughs) yeah or fair coin i guess that should be the name of it fair coin fair coin has that been taken (laughs) no i i don't think so so okay well we said it here first so copyrighted (laughs) yep Oh, yeah. And documented here on this uh, May 31st. It's a trademark of KSM now. So, bitch, (laughs) please get out of here. At 2021 in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like, I mean, I get get what you're going for. I just, I don't know that it could be implemented. I, and, and yes, you're right. No change will ever happen. Um, yeah. This is, this is just kind of a fantasy yeah. exercise. Cause yeah, it's never going to happen. It, 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 yeah. It would depend on the entire world doing it. And people would probably be like, Oh no, one world economy. But if you break it down to what economy is, we already have a one world currency. Like the exchange of things is just universal. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, and yeah, oh, we man. just differ on our agreements of like what something is worth and what some you know like what this coin is worth and blah blah blah. It really wouldn't be any different. It's just a different way of doing it. I, I, I would certainly like to see an experiment done. That would be cool. Uh, what what you're talking about, and and, and I, you know, because we should actually. Well, because what if, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm never a hardliner. Like, oh, this is the way things are, um, and this is how it should be. Like, oh, you know, if I'm presented with new evidence, I'm willing to change my mind and see things a different way. Right? That that's science. Yeah. Um, I I do have a little bit of concern about things becoming too algorithmic too algorithmic and less organic or private or uh, privacy issues well that that could be an issue too um because the the thing is like what you'd brought up very early on about regulation if there's entities regulating something they're going to manipulate it to their own ends and they do today. Like, yeah, don't, that, don't, that's one thing I can't don't, figure a way around. Yeah, I, yeah. do not. There has have to be a creator. Any illusions. 
like whatever country you live in, your money is totally being manipulated. Your economy is totally manipulated by the government, by multiple governments, probably. They're all circle jerking each other and basically t- taking the w- work from you for their own benefit. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, any economy has to have somebody that started it. You know, like mm-hmm. our economy is coin based or you know like gold based or whatever you want to yeah which actually goes back way beyond yeah but like somebody fashioned that somebody Mm -hmm. had to make that be a thing that everybody used so that person was probably like well i created this so i'm going to regulate it and then Mm -hmm. somebody else was like well i could just create my own and regulate that and then we'll you know figure out some way to exchange our things of exchange Mm-hmm. <laughs> based on what we value them and what the entire world wants to exchange things for. And that's basically like governments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what they do. In fact, uh, what if the idea of government only still exists because we're hanging on to this antiquated idea of economy? Oh, hmm. that's like, an interesting thought. Like a lot of regulation comes down to money fines or you know like no you're right it actually does like almost all of the actions and functions of governments center around some kind of monetary something if you truly want anarchy you should actually be for taking greed away because that's what's like holding up that's the crutch that's holding up our our dependency on a government well and I, I don't know i don't think you could take greed away because that's like a human function um but like so what i was trying to too much beer um <laughs> what i was trying to like well, say was like i the the algorithmic side of things sounds really good, but I worry that it's going to become like a technocratic, you know, kind of uh, some kind of programmatical system where the, the, you know, something like, I don't know, Skynet or something like it, this dictatorial robot system that controls everything. And it becomes less about our own freedom and happiness and more about, the algorithm for the sake if, of the algorithm if the algorithm became sentient <laughs> we could just put the coins down and stop using them. you know like if if we could switch to that system we could switch off of it too <laughs> you know well that's if, it, if it grew Skynet. into an entity and like took over the world we could be like well fuck you dude <laughs> yeah it's true but um, then what what about like what if there was even like fraud prevention and theft prevention built into coins like hmm. once your coin is separated from your body the cloud is like did you approve this transaction and if you're like no i've been robbed then they just robbed something that's entirely worthless although mm, I guess but then fraud comes too. back again yeah you could be like oh i didn't like that burger my money's not worth anything. Somebody <laughs> stole my money and bought a burger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's a really interesting idea. Of course, you don't gain whatever you, you know. Well, but you ate the burger. 
<laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And it was a okay. They, uh, scrap that idea. Yeah. <laughs> what? Not all the ideas Something... can be good. <laughs> Hashing out these kinds of concepts is is the way to make things better. Um, so I I enjoy it. Like, uh, yeah. I, I I it's just so complex. Dude, the economy as we have it is complex. Oh, it is, yeah. but that's because it's built on people. It's human. This is different. Have you seen the DSM? (laughs) (laughs) Like, holy shit. And that isn't even, that's kind of like child's play. Like, uh, well, we, we did, I think we did a a lightning round topic about the DSM. Lightning round top. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a whole episode on that. Mm -hmm. Like, what was it? Do we need the DSM? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, the, in a similar vein, yeah, like we need to flip psychology on its head too, because calling everything a fucking disorder instead of diversity seems a little like. Eh. I I would okay, <laughs> you're right. I I would actually challenge any psychiatrist or psychologist to point out to me one normal person, right? Just one. Find one normal person out there. Find them. And and you can't include yourself because you're not normal too. <laughs> like guaranteed, I could flip through the DSM and find some kind of aberration that makes you not right. Um a normal which, person couldn't be normal every day of their life. Because yeah. what we consider normal is always shifting too. Well, that's true. Well in like seeing tattoos on people, especially women, like that used to be something that you'd be like, that's odd. I don't see that every day. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you see it all over the place. Like tattoos are, are like a thing now that people do to like express themselves. Well, and it used to be that like w- women didn't smoke in, in public like they did in private um, until Edward Bernays um was hired to sell cigarettes to women. Um, you really you know, don't like that like, guy. <laughs> I, uh, well, no, actually, I I admire him for his vision, but I I have a, a severe dislike for him because of the damage he did to the world. Um, but he he's the reason that women started smoking and smoking was cool. They're like, Oh yeah. Liberation sticks or whatever they call them. <laughs> um, you know, the, something like that. Um, stick. So I, I might've just made that up, um, but it, it was some kind of term like that. It, it was like, he tied women's smoking with the women's lib movement. So it's like, Dick. well, yeah, like, uh, man. So yeah, now now women are smoking all the time, um, and yeah, you get b- before that that time, you know, World War II era or whatever, it was like really rare to see women smoke, and then all of a sudden it was like common, like women smoking all the time, like in the fifties and stuff. I mean, we saw it in sitcoms of the time. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> perceptions change, I guess, in that regard. Well, yeah, and I think perceptions could change about the way we do our money. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I do appreciate like what you're going for. Um, and and maybe you know the thing is like this thought experiment and this conversation is really important for gaining control and power over this system. Yeah. Like even if you don't actually change it, knowing more about it and and having like your head on straight makes you less susceptible to being controlled by it because being controlled by it just like religion is exactly how well that's what they want right like they they want everybody to be like beholden to it and like oh well i need to make the ducats and pay the bills holy shit i just thought of like another great byproduct of of my idea housing Mm -hmm. like that the, the inflation of housing prices would be taken care of because let's face it there's a lot of empty houses sitting around because people can't afford to buy them. Like there's plenty of demand. There's plenty of homeless people. There's plenty of people living like me where I'm like, I wish I had my own place, Mm -hmm. but these places that could be our own place are like a million and a half. And we're like, well, never, but they just sit there collecting dust and doing nothing for the economy. So it's like, you would have to price that house down and down and down and down. But like, no matter what you wouldn't worry that much because supply and demand would also keep, you know, like food affordable and, you know, you'd always have shelter. Like it would basically drive prices for things that are actually needed down to a median level and things that are, actually rare and more whimsical would be the ones that fluctuate up Hmm. you know like i think it would actually like take care of a lot of the world's problems to think about doing money different yeah i mean it could i i i mean the housing thing well Every market single, prices when it comes to housing pisses me off. Like, well, I, why I should agree. that? Why like, should that matter? I I could never buy a house where I live now. Um, it's just not possible. Um, but it is kind of weird because, like, well, if there's so many houses and and buildings that are vacant, who's paying the property tax on these like million dollar structures? Because yeah, you got to be paying like thousands of dollars a month in property and they, tax and they don't care because they figure you know even if i sit on this house for well, a year i will spend less on the property tax than i would for you know like paying the mortgage myself cool you know like and maybe they, but they you're still paying up, the mortgage if you own yeah it. yeah that too they well, just turn everything so, into numbers and yeah. like try to get the most numbers out of it as possible and it's like that's fucking creating all the bottlenecks in the economy the the thing is like 
I don't think there's any one solution or any one cause of, of a problem. Like housing, for instance, in my opinion, and that's my opinion, zoning and permitting are the core of why housing is expensive because, well, you just can't build anymore. Um, and so when people do build it, they're like, well, we're going to build luxury condos down on the water because it's fucking expensive. Uh, so we're just going to build and maximize the amount of money we can make. Um, but you see, build a house. you have to authorize every payment with, with this, let's say. So if a government was like, you have to get this permit to build there, you could be like, well, I don't want to buy that permit, but I'm going to build it anyway. Stop me. <laughs> like, hey oh all right hey respect yeah, yeah. okay i can get behind that yeah like you yeah. could drive the price down of permits to the point where like there would be no point in having permits it could be like swivel on it punk yeah nobody wants <laughs> to buy that shit the shit yeah. that nobody wants to buy would be worthless mm-hmm. so why so why sell it and, and governments would have to get rid of permits yeah it, well and there you you know, go. you're you're correct in that. Um, but then again, one of the problems with your idea is, well, we've let governments kind of take everything this is over. Be guns, huh? Well, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I promise it won't. But we've sort of handed over the control of stuff to governments and said jurisdictions and things like that. And so if we want to change it, well, we can't just change it. We have to ask permission now because now the government is the entity tasked with controlling this thing. You can't just have a good idea and just be like, yeah, I got a good idea. Let's implement it. They're going to be like, well, no, because we're the guys. We're the ones that control everything. Um, (laughs) So, uh, like, well, and and this does kind of go into uh, jury nullification, where, you know, you have enough people who just kind of are like, "Eh, yeah, we'll just let that slide or just kind of do your own thing without asking permission. And eventually it changes. Um, But... Hmm. It, it, it's really hard when you have an entrenched system like the government that that like owns all the money. The government oh yeah, pra- owns practically, all the money. Practically, something like this would never happen. Something like any actual change isn't going to happen unless we like burn down the government mm-hmm. entirely, yeah. like overnight, and just start over. Well, like, you, you can't really can't do it piece by piece because the cancer will spread faster than your fix. But true. And and there's resistance to change too. Like all of us, we don't want to change our habits, even if it's for the better governments don't want to do the same thing. Um, You know, they've got cushy jobs and nice pensions and a really awesome medical plan. Um, why would they want to, you know, just close up shop because it's a good idea. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like the only way that things can change, it's kind of like the French revolution. You just have to cut everybody's head off, 
don't demonetize us, YouTube, please. I'm yeah. not being literal there. But you have to cut off the heads of the oligarchy, the, the, the royalty and stuff, throw it all away, and then start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way. Like, it, it, yeah, humans are the crop that needs to be culled. And, and I don't say that in a Thanos type way. <laughs> it, like it's, you know, like you burn <laughs> crops so that they can thrive again and live again and mm-hmm. um, in a healthy way. And, and it's only certain plants that you can do that with, but we just happen to be that kind of plant and we're dying from stagnation. Well, I would equate it more with the soil than the plant. Like we are in, we are like rooted in rotten soil. Um, it's harmful. It, it it's caustic. It's it, it's making us sick. Um, but well, there we are. We're a plant stuck in the soil, trying to grow. You know, using the sunlight as we can and the moisture that we get. But we're you know under our feet is garbage uh and that's kind of how i see things um it, yeah like it, it, it's sort of the, the way i see the government oh my god this is this is a this is actually a really good episode um <laughs> might need and, a commercial break here <laughs> uh, maybe well we might be able to wrap it up possibly um like the oh shit but you distracted me now I can't um oh, oh okay all right all right i haven't had too much beer yet i swear um oh now i have um, <laughs> the, the way i see it is is like we're living in a house that has dry rot and you know there's like weevils all over the place and there's termites eating out the the wood like sh- the glass is broken yeah, things you are said eating out and wood <laughs> <laughs> points for going in that direction um oh this is going to go into the uh for the ladies playlist i guess um but you know we're living in a house that's rotten through and through like it it is barely functional as a house like when it rains water comes in and we got buckets here and there you know like there's animals and rodents all over the place coming in because you know busted windows and doors that don't work and stuff like that but hey you know the political solution this is the the lunacy of people who think you can solve things through politics is like, well, Hey, you know what? You just put some paint on it, a new coat of paint and it'll be fine. Right. Oh, it's totally good. Now it's a red house. Oh yeah. It'll stand true. Oh, you know, Oh, it's, it's wavering. Oh, well, let's paint it blue now. Oh, that's a really good analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Like You can't (laughs) fix rot with paint uh, 
you, yeah. you just have to tear it down and start anew. And <laughs> I remember when now I'm thinking of when we were painting our shop with with like the to get rid of the tannins in the wood. <laughs> and and like we got all drunk. <laughs> because it was an ethanol-based paint. <laughs> oh god, yeah. We were so trashed. <laughs> oh my god just from breathing the fumes that had that no i had cancer before that that's uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> well and, and and these are the conversations we should have before we tear the house down or before the house falls apart on its own well like, yeah you should like, have a plan in place so that you know when it inevitably fails well at least some people can agree on some stuff i mean it may not look if the u.s comes apart at the seams it'll probably be balkanized like yeah you're gonna this, see regions and this stuff. is this is basically like saying you know if the economy is the plumbing in the house it's like okay we gotta tear out all the walls all the pipes, everything has to go, and the new way has to go in for this to work. Like, well, you're gonna have to take the whole house down at that point. You might as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then also be like, well, this didn't work quite right, so let's improve that while we're at it. And you know, you rebuild the house with the knowledge you've gained from your mistakes. Yeah, like no, I I love you. You're spot on that the economy is the plumbing in the house. Yeah, it really is. Damn, shit, man. I know, right? Like, <laughs> like I swear, season five is gonna be lit. <laughs> it's gonna be like we're gonna be all in Zen mode, like all the time. Like, <laughs> it, it is really cool how we actually go down the drain and like. <laughs> Like get real deep into the core of all these subjects and like how they relate to being a human. What 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 is awesome? What I love the most about this show, and I I would hope other people do too, is how you know we start with these seemingly conflicting ideas and like stuff that people normal people would come to blows over. Uh, and it, it would be as simple as that. And, and we go all meta like, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're like pulling up like completely new ideas that have never been thought of before. Like, uh, that's great. Or at least never spoken aloud <laughs> until we came along and spoke them, speaketh them, spaketh Spaketh them aloud. Spaketh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm wondering (laughs) if we've uh, had too much beer. Oh, my God. This this is something we got to cover more. Mm -hmm. We're on to something. We have to come up with, like, a totally new category for this. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah it's not economics it's not psychology uh, or sociology it's like some 
Philosophonomics. <laughs> Philosophonomics. <laughs> I, you know, that's a good working title. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, really. Oh, man. Well, because, you know, I don't care much about differences of opinion and, and ideologies and, and things like that. What I care about is, well, there's things that are problems and I would like to solve them. Yeah. You're not going to solve problems by ignoring the problems and arguing over ideological differences. You solve problems by addressing the problem and brainstorming essentially and you have to be open to the fact that or the possibility that things that you cling to as like a bedrock of your understanding could have been wrong yeah well and and that's part of science yeah you know there's countless times throughout history where the general scientific consensus was, well, yay, surgeons don't have to wash their hands because what, are we dirty? And then, well, the germ theory came about and it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, now everybody's like washing their hands and they're like not touching things before they go into surgery because we I know think, about germs. I think this, this principle of being able to um, let go of an idea that you cling to and, and why the ability to do so is so important is yeah, think of a parent that their child grew up to be one of the most notorious serial killers. And you're watching the Netflix documentary uh, documentary on it, on it. And, and the parents of this one serial killer are like, no, our son couldn't have done that. It's, it's not him. He's rotting in jail and somebody else is out there. And then there's the parents who are like, yeah, my kid fucked up and I feel bad about that. I, I wish I could have done better. You know, like those are two different kinds of people, the people that can change their minds versus the ones that just cling. Like my kid can do no wrong. Uh, no matter how much evidence you show me. Uh, they're not a serial killer, you know, like, sure. That, and, that's a dangerous way of thinking. I, we, it is. And, and that's why I am such a firm advocate of uh, fuzzy logic. I, you know, people, this is a, a human failing, but people tend to have this kind of granularity in their, their logic. Like things have to be, in a box in this box or that box it's like well why can't it be a little of this a little of that why can't it be fluid things should be fluid like because that's the universe things just are like our observations dictate our understanding of things our our language dictates the way we convey ideas about those things just because we can observe a thing and record a thing and document it, well, that doesn't make, oh, hi, Floyd. 
it doesn't make that thing only those things. Like there may be all kinds of unseen, you know, there was a time we could only capture the visible light spectrum through photography. And even then it was black and white photography. Well, there was like a whole color world beyond that. And there's the UV part of the spectrum and infrared and uh, like x-rays and stuff. I mean, the x-rays is how we've actually been able to take a picture of the giant black hole at the center of our own galaxy. Oh, yeah. Hmm. If you didn't know, our there skeleton. was one of those. <laughs> um, well, uh, it's scary, but not that scary because, um, well, if you're going to live for like, you know, 200 billion years, you might possibly <laughs> fall into the event horizon. Um, but then time and space won't matter anymore. So is it really that bad? I challenge you to a duel across space and time. (laughs) 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 Like, I I just, I don't think there is like a one size fits all answer to, to anything, honestly. Like, I think we're always going to be having conversations and that's good. Like, God, I <laughs> just thinking about it, looking out there, just in the world of Facebook across Earth, uh, like how many conflicts there are and arguments there are. Like, you know, the, the idea that Gene Roddenberry had of different species from different planets getting along, like we can't fucking get along on our own planet. I can't even imagine what would happen if like the Klingons or the Vulcans came here or both. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. The the vitriol is real. Like today, a mutual friend of ours posted on Facebook that her son was safely home from an active shooter situation. And I was looking all over the news, like watching it like a hawk. I was like, Oh no, like there might be, people I know whose kids are in danger and finally something comes across the news and it was somebody like trying to scare off a bear that shot two bullets into the ground and then took off (laughs) and people knowing that now we're still like, he needs to be found and arrested and his guns taken away. And like, I don't give a fuck if he had to protect himself. He put my, kids in danger what really what they're saying is oh no they scared my kids i want them to die for that like wow (laughs) and and the only reason the kids are scared is because the adults are scared that's the thing i i actually saw something similar where there was like you can hear gunshots and be completely fine like happens all the time uh, yeah, the odds of actually like Mythbusters tested that. Like, it takes a very special set of circumstances for random gunshots to, you know, bullets flying through the air to do yeah. you any actual damage. I, I recently saw or heard something on the radio where there was a 
somebody school is locked down because everybody was scared there was a guy with a gun in the vicinity of a school right so they actually at the school and, and no they, they were outside the school and it turns out it's just an airsoft gun active shooter yeah it's it like was, somebody near a school with a thing that looks like a gun is considered yeah, an active shooter it, it was a plastic gun that shoots plastic pellets like it wasn't even a real gun i mean yeah i know airsoft guns look like real guns i the thing is like but a little bit of knowledge goes a long way i remember going in uh, to a store um and in, in the stores that i work at they collect dangerous things so if somebody has like hand grenades or guns or ammo or it, it's kind of surprising the stuff that they don't allow um but I went into a store to fix something and a store manager had a pirate pistol on the table, the, the uh, desk the manager's desk. And I was like, Oh, Hey, that, that's kind of neat. And she's like, Oh, well, that just came in through donations. You know, we're, we're about to uh, send it off to LP because we don't know if it's a real gun. And I'm like, oh, it's not a real gun. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, it's only obvious. Like you could, it's made of plastic. You could see the plastic seams and the, like it's made of plastic. And I was like, you mind if I pick it up? And I picked it up, and it weighed like nothing. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally not a real gun. It's a toy. It's not even a cap gun. It just looks like a pirate pistol. Like <laughs> it doesn't have any functionality whatsoever. And, and uh, but they were like, "Oh, we better not touch that." Like, well, I, I think uh, Queensrÿche back twenty years or so was uh, doing one of their Operation Mind Crime tours, where they would actually go out and like act out the concept album, and there were uh, toy guns involved in their stage play. And like right after nine eleven, they like got held up by security because they had fake guns in their luggage that was like underneath the plane or something you know like like <laughs> wow just calm down yeah well and in fact you can in the u.s you can fly with firearms if yeah. they're unloaded and in the checked baggage i think um that's crazy but you know, you know, 9-11, people freaked out. That that was a crazy time. I but, okay, but unloaded. Does, does that mean you can't bring any ammo with you, or it just has to be like the magazine is not in the gun? The magazine is separate from the firearm, yeah. Does that actually matter? Like from like a an like, could the gun accidentally go off from air pressure or no, not so, not so like, like a gun with a magazine already in it versus a gun where I go like that <laughs> and put the magazine back. Yeah. yeah. There's oh, that's yeah. that's suddenly safe. Okay. Magazine in the gun, bad. Magazine outside, totally okay. You could fly with that shit. <laughs> like, and it kind of illustrates like the lunacy out there and, and, <laughs> 
well, if somebody has to put a magazine into a gun, you can surely overtake them before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You should, dude, you should see the people <laughs> uh, firing like black powder revolvers, like fanning the uh, the hammer and stuff like that. They're basically like full autoing uh, with like an old school Civil War era revolver. I didn't know um, those could hold more than one round. <laughs> six, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's kind of like, it just, it just shows like there's a lot of nuance and, well, this is kind of like, Hey, this is kind of a segue into maybe the next episode, um, yeah, like, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it just shows there's a lot of new things. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> same kitchen sink time, same yeah. kitchen sink channel. Yep. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> na, 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 microscopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> think discuss talk <laughs> oh man <laughs> that was instead of the uh biff pow oof in case nobody yeah, picked up on that <laughs> so that like comic book things sadly we don't have all the titty girls to um Oh, well, I should probably shut up before I dig myself a hole. <laughs> well, my back teeth are floating, so that might be a good point to end on. Yeah, I think so. That was uh, very interesting. I knew it would be, but I didn't think we'd find the enlightenment of what economy really is, but we did. Yeah. And I've forgotten it already, but it's a good thing we have this episode, so I can watch it later. It's being recorded, and right? And be like, now. oh, that doesn't make any sense. I was really drunk. <laughs> uh, well, but you know, just like lyrics in a song, um, you just say stuff and people think you're some kind of guru. Uh, <laughs> but But we actually kind of are i would say mm -hmm. and our lyrics are pretty cool too yes <laughs> and the music like oh my god so you know there's probably a a pretty awesome tune queuing up right now um i don't know if you can hear it but yeah you should totally go to patreon.com slash ksm vidcast because you can get it like now like this song you're hearing now the whole song not just right. clip that's right oh man hella cheap mm -hmm. the sand only 10 matchsticks <laughs> yeah like you know one and a half isolinear chips <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know they actually make those so I might have to get some with ridges huh oh not that kind of chip the isolinear chip like reproductions of the that you meant like Lay's isolinear chips oh <laughs> no no you can't okay if you buy 
if you buy a Lay's isolinear chips, there's like maybe a chip or two in the bag, and it's mostly air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about. Uh, well, there needs to be a parody where Jordy's like, "God damn it, I got this bag of Lay's isolinear chips, and there's only like ten in here, and the rest is air." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, for all the people that are still here after all this time, thank you.